In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, today is the first Sunday of the Coptic month of Abib. We read in the Gospel of St. Luke about the, one of the missionary trips that our Lord sent the apostles on, sending them into the cities and towns and villages that he himself was about to go. And in the uh, instructions that he gives to the apostles before they go out into the mission field, the first instruction is the, perhaps the most important instruction that he gives them. After he speaks about the harvest and the laborers, he says, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And it's not by coincidence that our Lord chooses the, the title of a lamb, which is uniquely and beautifully the title that is given to him as the sacrifice which has been slain for the life of the world. Behold, the Lamb of God who carries the sin of the world. And so, in a sense, the very first instruction that Christ gives his apostles, and by extension to all of us who would be in his service and his disciples, would be that we likewise become lambs, that we become meek as lambs, that we become sacrificial as lambs, that we become peaceful as lambs. So, He sends them with a certain packaging, a certain set of instructions, but most importantly, he tells them to go out as meek lambs into the world with confidence, yes, with the power of the Holy Spirit to to heal and to cast out demons, yes, with the power of faith which can move mountains, absolutely, but not with the force of weapons, not with the power of threats, not with intimidation, not with fear tactics, but with goodness, kindness, gentleness, and holiness. And meekness is the virtue which the Lord himself speaks of as that which most characterizes his own heart. Meekness is revealed to us by our Lord Jesus Christ as being a divine quality. God is, in his very being, the Pantocrator, the Omnipotent One, the All-Powerful One, the Mighty One. And at the same time, God in his, is in His very being gentle, kind, and meek. And so, He says to us in that beautiful verse in Matthew eleven twenty-nine, 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And St. Paul, uh, likewise, in his epistle to the Corinthians, his second epistle to the Corinthians, amazingly, remember now that Paul did not follow Christ when Christ was alive. Paul met Christ as the risen Lord in a blinding light that appeared to him on the road to Damascus, in a powerful expression of divine power. And yet, what does St. Paul know of Christ? He says in 2 Corinthians 10.1, he says, Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble one face to face with you. So St. Paul, what does he know of the Lord Jesus Christ? What does he know of his person, of his heart, of the way that he lived among his among his disciples and among the people, 
He says, I am pleading with you with the very characteristic which, which, which characterizes the person of Jesus Christ, which is his meekness and his gentleness. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew, quoting the prophecy of Isaiah in the 42nd chapter of Isaiah, Matthew chapter 12, speaks of Christ as being that who will not break a bruised reed, nor will he quench a dimly burning wick. You know, the reed, when it, is, when it is bruised, it becomes very fragile. It becomes breakable with just the slightest um, movement. So the person who is already fragile, the gospel tells us, the one who is broken, the one who is afraid, the one who is weak, is the one Christ will be very gentle with. He will not break that bruised reed. Or like uh, the, the wick of a candle, which is, you know, when it's just about to go out, and there's that moment when it will either regain its flame or it will be quenched. And so when the wick is at that moment, when the human person is at that moment, the gospel tells us Jesus will not quench that smoldering wick. That's the gentleness, the meekness of Christ. And there's no, there's no easy definition of meekness. In some uh, translations of the Bible, they replace it with gentleness. So, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, some translations will say, instead of meek and lowly in heart. So gentleness is probably one of the, the closest words. But meekness encompasses more than just gentleness. It is goodness. It is patience. It is humility. There's a certain softness. There is a tenderness. There is goodwill. There is a sense of self-possession, being able to possess yourself, to not react according to the passions, especially the passion of anger. So the meek person is one who has control of themselves to such an extent that they never manifest anger or violence. So this is the the heart of Christ. This is the heart of, of the discipleship that each of us is called to. And this is not a passive position that God wants us to be in. He doesn't want us to be weak and passive and timid. But meekness is an active virtue. One puts on meekness. One obtains meekness, achieves meekness by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is full of zeal and, and emotion and energy, and yet meekness helps him to tame, to have that possession of himself. So meekness is the one who pushes himself to be courteous and kind and respectful and, and compassionate and merciful in the face of all adversary and temptation and trial. And the Beatitudes, of course, you know that one of the Beatitudes is, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the Beatitudes, in essence, are a sort of self-portrait of the person of Jesus Christ. When he speaks of the blessedness of being poor in spirit or meek or peacemakers, he's speaking of himself. He's saying this is the heart of the Son of God who has become man. And so this is the blessedness that we all partake of when we, when we seek the beatitude of meekness. So this disposition of meekness is something that, in a sense, is revealed to us by how God deals with us. 
So we, we receive it from the, the life, example, and words of, of God himself. And then the Holy Spirit, the divine work in us, gives us the power to be meek. And then the reward of meekness is the blessedness that we experience, the joy, the peace, the love that we experience when we exercise meekness. So those are the three important sort of um, stages, if you will, or progression of meekness, is that we receive meekness by the word of God, by, by the person of Christ, by uniting ourselves to his very person. He gives us the power to be like him in meekness, and then he gives us the reward, the interior reward, and the reward that extends to inherit the earth, meaning to possess all things, because the meek person is content, is at peace with himself, and therefore he contains the whole world within himself peacefully. He obtains the earth, and, of course, he obtains the kingdom of God. So, meekness is a form of self-possession. Christ said in the Gospel of St. Luke 21:19, By your patience, possess your souls. So we have a certain self-mastery, possession of ourselves, when we practice meekness. Um, it enables us to do good in the face of evil, because we have that restraint. You know, David, when you study the life of David, there are so many beautiful moments in the life of David in which he practices that restraint, in which he could have easily taken vengeance on his enemies when he was in the moment able to cut down those who were seeking his life, and yet he practiced that beautiful virtue of restraint for the sake of the love of God. So David was meek. So meekness is a sort of an unchangeable or an unchanging state of mind and heart, regardless of what's happening. Whether we're honored or dishonored, whether we're praised or criticized, whether we're persecuted or befriended, the meek person is stable. He has such possession of himself that he reacts the same in all circumstances. So meekness then is, is one of the expressions of a very lofty soul. The meek person is considered to be a very lofty person because he has obtained that, sort, that, that essence of mastering his passions within and dealing with all people with that love and gentleness. Pope Shenouda has a, uh, some beautiful meditations on uh, meekness. And in one of them, he says that meekness and simplicity go together. He says the meek are easy to deal with. The meek person is simple. He has no cunning, craftiness, or malice. He is plain, does not complicate matters. He is clear in his dealings, does not beat around the bush. Dealing with him gives comfort because he is simple, clear, and pleasant. He is gentle, sweet, and good-natured. So the simple person is also the meek person. Likewise, Pope Shenouda speaks about the meek as being the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called what sons of God. He says a meek person is obliging. That is, he gives in as long as he says it's not against the commandments. He doesn't go on arguing, discussing his opinions, persisting, inquiring, but does what is good quietly, immediately and without delay and without discussion. He does not insist on his views as others do, as long as it doesn't go 
against the commandments of God. So he is obliging. He yields very easily to the others, as long as it doesn't go against the truth. And St. Dorotheos of Gaza, he speaks about meekness as being related to faith. He says, one great means of preserving a constant peace and tranquility of heart is to receive all things as coming from the hands of God, whatever they may be and in whatever way they may come. So the meek person, because he is in a state of peace and tranquility, then he sees all things as coming from the hand of God, the good and the bad. He remains peaceful because he trusts in God. He knows that all things work together for the good for those who love God. As an expression I heard the other day, I don't know where it comes from, but they said the, most, the softest pillow that you can sleep on at night is a tranquil heart, a tranquil mind. The softest pillow you can sleep on at night is that peace of heart. The meek person possesses that peace because they have great faith that all things come from God. And so whether we have problems with people at work or in our homes or at church, the meek person remains stable in his peace and and tranquility. And he sees that even the evil person, even the difficult person, is sent by God or allowed to be sent by God in order for us to cultivate even greater virtue. Elder Paisius, the Athenite, he says, Instead of being grateful for the chance God gives us through people who make things difficult for us, he says we react and refuse to be cured. Think about what he's saying. When, and when somebody troubles us, it means that there's something inside of us that still needs to be cured. We need to work on a virtue or a set of virtues to a greater extent when somebody troubles us, regardless of whether the person is evil, a wrongdoer, But we should see ourselves as when that person or circumstance confronts us, it means that there's something inside of us that needs to be healed. And so Elder Paisius goes on to say, it is like refusing to pay the doctor who gives us a shot when we are ill. It's like going to the doctor and saying, I'm sick, and he says, okay, well, I'll give you this shot, and it will help you recover. And then because we're angered by the shot, we refuse to pay him. One of the the great saints, one of the greatest saints, perhaps we could even call him the saint of meekness in our generation, would be none other than, you might guess, Saint Pope Carolus VI. And um, last night, uh, Carolus was giving us a beautiful uh, presentation on the chapel, the iconography, and reminded us that if you are in the chapel and you're looking towards the west, to the entry of the, the chapel on the left, Side wall, we have the, the beautiful icon of uh, the saint praying the raising of incense, and behind him, a group of disciples. And this scene takes place around the time of 1948, when St. Pope Grulus established, after he left the, the windmill, after he had to leave the windmill for certain circumstances because of the government and wars and so on, he built the church of St. Mina in uh, an area of Old Cairo called El Zahra. And uh, he built this small church for St. Mina's, and he had a small residence upstairs where he lived. And this was the, the final stop that I had the blessing of visiting in, in my recent trip to Egypt was this church. It was the first time I visited it. And it was quite moving to see that this small church, probably 
a third of the size of this hall, maybe even smaller than the chapel, was the church that he lived in and prayed in every day for 12 years from the time 1948 to 1959 when he was called to be patriarch. It was there in that small church that he celebrated the Eucharist every day. And when you go to visit his room, which you, you can go when we visited the room, and you see some of even the original furniture there, the room is smaller than a, like a, a freshman dorm without a restroom or anything, just a tiny area for perhaps a cabinet for some clothing, a small bed, and maybe a small desk. And it reminded me of one of the, the beautiful stories about his meekness, which takes place in this church. The story, I perhaps mentioned this story many years ago, about uh, a gentleman whose name was Uncle Fikri. Uncle Fikri was, uh, at this time, maybe in his 60s, was not working, was not married, a single person. And he had known Father Mina, the solitary, Pope Carolus VI, when he was in the windmill and used to go and help him with the divine liturgy. And he continued to pray with him in Old Cairo, in this church in Old Cairo, St. Mina's. And apparently he was a little bit uh, peculiar in uh, how he liked to do things as a deacon and very sort of insistent. So he, he met with Father Mina and he told him, let's agree in advance how we will pray together. You don't cut off my parts and I don't cut off your parts. And you say all of your parts and I say all of my parts. Deal? Father Mina said, deal. If you go to the monastery, sometimes the monks, because they pray so often, they tend sometimes to do services quickly. They tend sometimes to abbreviate some, some parts of the services so on one occasion, um, Father Mina was praying the part um, where the deacon says, you know, you who are seated stand, behold before whom stand the angels, the archangels, the principalities, the authority, look towards the east. So it seems that Father Mina, as Uncle Fikri was finishing his part, he started. He started a little bit too soon. So Father Mina, when he finished, he waited for the deacon to respond the cherubim and the seraphim worship, you know, and there's no response. So he waits, and there's no, there's no response. He turns around, Uncle Fikri's gone. He left the church. So he asks one of the other deacons to stand in front of the altar. Now, at this time, Father Mina is already known as a wonder-working saint. He asks one of the deacons to stand in the middle of the liturgy. Stand in front of the altar with a candle, and he says, I'll be back. He goes outside, he finds Uncle Fikri pouting outside, and he says, what's going on? He says, we made a deal and you broke the deal. He said, so, so what are you saying? He said, I'm not coming back in until we agree again. Uh, this story, by the way, is told by Father Raphael of Amina in his cassette recordings with detail. So the meek saint bows before him and says, I apologize, please come back in, let us finish. So they finished the liturgy. Another liturgy, the part where we, the priest says, therefore, as we also commemorate his holy passion, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension to the heavens, sitting at your right hand, O Father, and his coming back, his glory, full, awesome, full of glory, we offer unto you your gifts from what is your, right? And then the people are saying, 
Amin, 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 your death, O Lord, before that, right? Um, so it seems that day, Father Mina was in a bit of a hurry. So as the people were saying, Amin, 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 your death. So he started silently saying, therefore, as we also commemorate your holy passion and resurrection for the dead. So by the time they finished Amin, 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 he started with the part vocally, you know, we offer unto you your gifts from what is yours for everything, concerning everything and in everything. So he didn't cut off. He didn't cut off Uncle Fikri. He just abbreviated his own part. Uncle Fikri is outside. He refuses to say the next part. <laughs> this is a true story. So he turns to him and has a conversation with him in the church and says, why aren't you responding? He said, did you say something for me to respond to? Did you say your part for me to respond to? So, so the, the, the saint says to him, so, so, so what do you mean? He says, I, nothing. You, you didn't say anything for me to respond to. In other words, you didn't say your complete part, so I have nothing to respond to. So he says to him, so you want me to repeat it? Repeat it. Okay. And he goes back and he says, therefore, as we also commemorate your holy passion, your resurrection from the dead. And Father Raphael, when he, when he comments on this, he says, who does that? What kind of heart does that? He says, and of course he says it in Arabic with much more humor, he says, <laughs> You know, yeah, of course, I mean, he's, uh, he, he could have punished him, he could have get out, take off your tunya, you're never dressing again. But look at the, the, the gentleness, the meekness by which he wins, he wins this person. So, to end with then, another quote from the, the late um, blessed Pope Shenouda III, which goes very nicely with all of these concepts of meekness. He says, the meek person never interferes in the affairs of others, nor sets himself as a guard over their works. He condemns no one, and even if he interferes in correcting someone, he does it calmly and gently. He restores such a brother by calm persuasion and humility. May the Lord Jesus Christ, through the examples of our, of our Lord and the saints who show us this great virtue of meekness, grant us the grace to be self-possessed with this virtue of meekness. To him be all glory now and ever into the age of ages. Amen. Blessed are 